Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We'll start off with show notes today as usual. Still no news about our evening with medium events. Thank you for your enthusiasm and your inquiries. Um, We're still waiting on news about uh, COVID restrictions. We will let you know as soon as we have news. So anticlimactic, right? Yeah. Is it that's all? I wasn't expecting that. I was so listening to you. I was not engaged and ready. Okay, back to work. Um, We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are 10 to 15 minute shows that run the very first week of every single month, Monday to Friday. They are about intuitive, emotional and spiritual intelligence and Kelly and I prepare a toolkit for you. The very first show is always available for free at bysarlo.com and on YouTube. The remaining four shows can be found at patreon.com backslash by Sarlo. Yes, Patreon is a monthly paid membership where you get a whack of other tools. So it's not just Sips of Sanity. It's a great habit tracker. There are reflective questions. We have journeying exercises, recommended music, all kinds of things. And the people in our top tier have access to a monthly draw for a free half hour session with one of us. Mm -hmm. And... I think most exciting at this point, one of our newest benefits is our book club. Mm -hmm. So Karen and I have created an emotionally intelligent book club for you. We choose books that are only going to help you grow in these areas. Mm -hmm. We break them down so that you've got someone to sort of handhold you along the way um, so that you're just learning and maximizing every Mm -hmm. lesson that's possible from these resources. Mm -hmm. So that's a ton of fun for us. Mm -hmm. We also have private practices, individual We both work through Skype, FaceTime, Zoom, WhatsApp, telephone, and Theralink. And you can book an appointment with either Kelly or myself by going to the website by sarlo.com and filling out a Webflow form. When one of us receives it, we will email you back and set up your appointment. Everybody asks us the same question. Will it be accurate if you're in New Zealand or Australia or Russia as if you were right here in Canada and in our town? Absolutely, it is. Both Kelly and I have many years of experience in doing this and know factually that those sessions are just as accurate. And last but not least, you are also welcome to request a gift certificate. So if you're looking to gift us to anyone you think might be interested or benefit from the lessons, whether that's coaching or channeling, you can go to the website to request that. You can give it to anyone anywhere in the world, as Karen mentioned, because we are offering that worldwide. Mm-hmm. We can do a printable PDF format for you guys if you're wanting to offer something tangible. If you're local, we can put something in our mailbox. It's up to you. We're making it accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. On to today's show, ma'am. Okay. So today's show is, um, I'll say, one full story of a client session and two other stories of two other little sessions, but I just extrapolated a point from each one of them that I wanted to share. Hmm, cool. Which we haven't done before. We usually just do like full sessions. So the very first one is about a woman And you want to name her? Oh, I am wildly unprepared. I'm going to go with Linda. So she's dead. And (laughs) you always... (laughs) What? I just love your lack of tact. Oh, she's dead. Yeah, she's dead. So Linda's dead and she has a sister who's alive. What would you like to name her? Suzanne. Suzanne. Don't Uh, know where these names are coming from. My first grade teacher was a Linda. Oh, 
Okay, so Linda and Suzanne. So it is Suzanne's session because she's the one that's alive. And um, the, what happened in that session was um, she wanted medium. So she wanted to talk to her sister who had passed over. All of the particulars are not what I'm going to go through today. It was a message that Linda gave her sister that I thought was super worth listening to. Mm. And uh, Linda said, you have got to tell my sister that just because she is married and has a partner, that she is not a better parent to her children than single parents. And I said to her, why? What, like, what, what goes with that? Do I just make that statement? And she goes, you make that statement. <laughs> okay. Good attitude. I like a dead person with attitude. Mm -hmm. And she says, um, my sister believes that she that her children are lucky because they have two parents. She's buying into a belief system that's destroying her. And I said, "Well, what what do you what do you mean destroying her? Well, she doesn't want to even be in her marriage, but she's staying for the children and she's going to stay so she believes until the youngest one goes to university and then she's the hell out." And I said, okay, so why does she believe she's better than single parents? And she says, well, just for a variety of reasons, Karen. She says, but one of them is what the media does. It's what stories do in books. She says it's religion. It's She says it's just piles of things where she really truly believes that because there are two, she will often hear her husband say, oh, thank God there's two of us. Can't imagine what single parents do. And she doesn't realize that single parents can actually manage it with a lot less problems, a lot less conflict of, of two people's ways of doing something or where you think you have a partner and you, you believe they're there to support you and they're not. They create more work actually. Or just a partner who's there where you can't really ask someone else for help because you're too ashamed because you actually do have a partner. Hmm. So you don't think that you should ask others to help you when you need it. And she needs to hear that she needs to ask other people. And if she's going to stay till her youngest is 18 and gone to university, then she needs to hear two things. First of all, it's not true. There are lots of single parents that are doing a way better job in particular than of her and her husband. And I'm not, she says, I'm not picking on sides. I'm not trying to say all married people are better or all single people are better. She says, I'm not trying to generalize. I am being specific. This is my sister. This is her shitty marriage. This, these are her beliefs and she needs to be challenged that this belief might not be the truth and that there may be a healthier way for her to live, including until her youngest is 18. Mm -hmm. And I'm her sister. That's my job. My job is to tell my sister the truth. Also, like, I super don't understand as a, a completely separate belief why 18 and university are synonymous. I think that is fucked up yeah, and not healthy to pass on to the kids. Mm -hmm. And then also, 
As someone who had parents who divorced when I was away at university, Mm -hmm. I don't think that was any easier. I think that created a shit ton of panic, Mm -hmm. which is going to happen at any age, no matter where you are. Yeah. Because you're just having a normal rocked. Right. And that's okay. Right? And I, we just read this. Okay, first of all, I want to back up. I'm adding to our next bingo square. Kelly says, right? Question mark, exclamation point. I got so annoyed editing myself the other day. I'm so sorry to everyone who's listening. It's my like agreement statement, right? See? I just did it again. (laughs) Anyway. I just read in Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed, as a reread, that turbulence does not take down the plane. Right. And I really, really loved that. And it's a necessary thing. It's scary for anyone at any age. And it's something that you can get through. I don't think this whole wait till our kids go off to university is going to make anything any easier. Like they're not there to see the changes, to be a part of the new normal, or to understand the process that anyone's going through. Mm-hmm. They're off trying to keep their grades up and adjust to a completely new lifestyle, hearing from home that everything blew up, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be their rock. Mm-hmm. Why not get shit sorted out before they go off to university? You, like As you said, though, and as Glennon says in that book, t- the turbulence doesn't kill us. Mm-hmm. And we can, as Glennon would also say, we can do hard things. Mm-hmm. And you can do hard things. I can do hard things. Like it's super important for us to be able to say those sentences and then actually become the believers of it through the actual action we have to take. Mm-hmm. And I do like that you pulled apart and said, I can do hard things and you can do hard things. What was really fantastical about her book is that she put the collaborative in there Mm -hmm. and said, we, and your whole point from this story that you were trying to make is that single parents figure out how to be a we Mm -hmm. when they don't have a partner. And they often do it sometimes, pardon me, I shouldn't say often. Sometimes they do it better Mm -hmm. because they are forced into a position of having to ask for help versus when you said a married person might not go ask for help, mm-hmm. their partner's not giving it to them, but they don't feel like they can ask for it. They feel shame. Asking. Yeah. They get shamed into by other people and by their own thinking and by what society does mm-hmm. into th- or or just watching another couple where they actually are a team and you feel your own shame because you're you're married and you're trying or you're living with somebody and you're 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 thinking that you're a team. And if the other person doesn't know what being a team means, doesn't know what collaboration means, what communication skills look like, nothing, then you're going solo here. Mm-hmm. And while you are, and, and, and really not technically, you are as single as the single people, the single people tend to actually stand up and say to others, yes, thank you. I'll take some help. I'm single. But the married mm-hmm. people stand there and go, well, I don't really have that line. You know, I'd have to say, yes, I am single. Imagine. I have a deadbeat partner. Imagine if partners, partners Mm. actually stood up and said, yes, please, I'm single. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Here's a really great example. Military Mm -hmm. wives. Oh. Or military husbands. I was just going to say. Either way. People who have spouses in the military are often in positions where they have to say, thank you, I'm being a single parent. Yes. 
right? Oh, I love your example. Oh, and we could go on. I'm proud of you. And you have that shine in your eyes right now. Like you're super proud of yourself. Oh no, I was actually disappointed. I just said, right again. Oh. <laughs> you're on that. Okay. I'm going to go with the flow of the conversation. Great. The point here is that Linda shows up for Suzanne mm-hmm. and says, and thank God dead sister does. Thank God she comes in and says, look it, my sister needs to hear a truth and it, and, and I want it to come from me because I'm sister. Mm-hmm. And this is something our sisters are supposed to be able to do. And our brothers, I'm not picking genders here, mm-hmm. but our people are supposed to tell us our truth. And we're supposed to have people around us who we do not shoot in the eye when they do. The eye is a different part of the anatomy. I haven't heard that before. Oh, what's the expression? Well, I've heard you shoot your own self in your foot. Okay. Or stab them in the back. I have not heard the eye. Okay. Shoot? It's very We'll just visual. go with shoot? <laughs> Can we go with shoot? Whatever works. I just mean that you don't... You don't shoot the messenger. You don't, There. That's it. You just don't shoot the person that gives you the truth. Mm-hmm. And instead, and if you are the person that shoots the messenger, oh grow my up. God, <laughs> I was going to say, grow up. Okay. Boy, what did you drink before the show? <laughs> I think it's just me. I think it's just who I am. Okay. Okay. The, the second message that Linda gives to her sister here is this, and I loved it. Stop believing in the bullshit and think for yourself. That, gorgeous. Second, you know better. Mm. Trust what you know inside you. And I, I wrote those sentences down from the page that got sent to her. And I just said to her, can I just take a couple of, I promise I won't identify you. I just want a couple of sentences oh, right out of Linda's mouth. I think thousands of people will listen to this and be like, fuck, that's me. Good. That's the point of the show. You're supposed to find yourself in these stories, not be busy figuring out who it is. Yeah. And so here Linda is saying, look at my sister needs to know who she is before she greets me on the other side, or I greet Mm. her coming through. I want my sister to know who she is. I do not want my sister to be a lost soul. Mm. That was her point. And I just thought gold freaking gold. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those moments when I get into the kitchen and it's like, come on, Linda, let's do our happy dance. So are your three messages about truth telling? Oh, possibly. Okay. I'm just curious. Oh, me too now. (laughs) You don't know where this is going? I just wrote the three stories down, you know? I feel bad sometimes for the people who like labor over their storyboards and how to weave weave messages yeah, and, I don't and do all this. That. And Karen's just like, well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's all I do. And, and, and because the spirit guides tell me these are your stories and these are your points, and I'm always just assuming that if I do that, that the spirit guides will let people figure out what the storyboard's supposed to look like. I, I don't often engage that far. Um, what a life motto. Karen's epitaph. I really didn't engage that far. <laughs> okay. Somehow, <laughs> I have to get back on track. Story two. Story two. 
Okay, um, I have two men in this story, Kelly. So let's name dead man. Bill. And a live man. Adam. Okay. I'm picking school teachers now. Are you? <laughs> Sorry, David and Adam? Bill. Oh, Bill. Oh, I know who you picked. Oh, what a lovely soul. Okay. So um, Adam is the gentleman who's alive, and he's the one who says to me, can I have open? And Bill, his dad. So identifying the role here is that Bill is his dad. And he says, um, I want you to tell Adam a clear message for me, and it's going to just be right to the point. He needs a new therapist. Ooh. And I said, what? And he goes, I just, you just got to tell my son he needs a new therapist. And I said, well, wait. <laughs> I said, because Karen's inner curiosity wants to know why, as Karen, but... Also, in terms of channeling, I would imagine that Adam wants to know why, and I would like to be able to give that information so that it's got more meat than you need a new therapist. And he goes, well, okay. He says, I can tell you. And he says, um, but Adam would listen. Well, can I illustrate He would take something? my word. Yeah. I just wanted to make this point because I think some people who want and need the affirmations and maybe their brain works a little bit differently. They would want the why and they would mm. want, you know, the little pieces of information about what the therapist is doing to go, yep, that's the person. Okay, she must be right about needing someone new. Then there's the alternative where someone like Adam might be sitting there with his own inner knowing mm -hmm. going, yeah, I don't think this is right. I don't think this is how it's supposed to go. I think I need a new therapist. And all those people need is you need a new therapist as a message where Adam can go, yeah, thanks. Thought so. It's the second. Cool. It, it's okay. So I'll, and you're going to, you're going to figure that out as we go. Did I Didn't interrupt I just? you? What's that? Didn't I just? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so the reason that he gives as to why his son needs a new therapist is that he says to me, his therapist is religious. And of itself, maybe that's not the issue. But the issue here is that and it happens to be a female, so I'm going to say she here. She believes um, that you don't divorce no matter what. She is of a faith, just call it a religion, um, that no matter what, you stay married and you work it out. So no matter what present, what he brings to her, and I'm going to say something very shortly here. No matter what he brings to her, even if it really is worthy of ending the relationship and he's done the work, she gaslights him. And I'm like, oh my God, he's being abused. And he said, that's correct. Probably twice if he's thinking of leaving his marriage. That's right. So he has a wife that's got, there's issues there. When we don't need to go into those. Those are not important today. The issue here today for, for Adam is that he needs the affirmation that his inner knowing is correct, that he can't bring any valid reason to leave, even though he's got some. And so his own intuition is saying, get out. The facts are saying it's time to go. Her behavior is saying that. His heart is saying that. And the therapist is saying, no, no, we still have other things that we can do here. No, no, that's not exactly what she meant when she said that. 
And so he's now being gaslit. So when he tries to question says, no, but that's not what happened. Then she said this, then she did that. And it's, it's going further down the hole of destruction. The therapist always has some response where he's the one at fault or can, that can fix it. And so she's playing on his people pleasing. She's playing on his fix desires. And so she's always got homework for him, but she's always got some response as to what he did wrong with the homework. So Bill comes in and says, thank God he called you. He needs to hear. She's gaslighting him. She's not a healthy therapist. She should be in her own therapy and she should not be working. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's going to sit there and insert their religion into their profession, Mm -hmm. unless you're a pastor, Mm -hmm. in which case I've got a whole other issue with that, they shouldn't be in a professional position. And, and I'll say this too, I've seen nurses do it. Oh, yeah. Teachers do it who aren't in the school of that faith. Like, that's not appropriate. And I would argue some teachers would say it is if they're in a Catholic school. That's or my point, though. In it's not your place if, it's, if you're in a school that's not of that faith. Oh, I see what you're saying. Very then good clarification. No if yeah. you're teaching religion in a Catholic school, sure, insert your bullshit religion there. But like... Nowhere else. And leave it out of the math class in a Catholic high school, for God's sakes. Thank you for sharing that. That's something for people to think about. That was very diplomatic. Well, well, it's okay because there's different types of people listening to this. Right. This is in regards to a therapist mm-hmm. who is using the religion to keep her faith where she wants it to be, not taking into account whether he's of the same faith or not. So I said to to Bill, well, is Adam of the same faith and the, and and they're working in the same paradigm? And he's like, "Oh my god, no." Oh my god. Adam, come on. Hmm? Like th- th- there needs to be other work done by Adam if he's going to sit there and keep eating up her belief system. Oh, okay. There needs to be and maybe this is a good point to make. People, you have a right to question your therapist. That's the you, point. You have a responsibility <laughs> to question your therapist. Kelly skips ahead on your bingo card. Like you should be sitting there going, okay, lady, what is the line? What is enough for an individual to leave his or her partner? Mm-hmm. Because I'm coming in here with a whack of things that I think are justified and you're telling me no, no, no. So where is your line? Mm-hmm. Well, she would have to then say there is none. That's and that, my point and, though. Yeah. It's your point and it's Bill's point. And he's trying to get his son to understand that because he doesn't share his sessions with friends. He's not confiding in anybody where somebody else could give that opinion and share that or that perspective or that choice. Um, It's it's staying within him. And as a result of that situation, he's tolerating all of the gaslighting. Mm -hmm. And then he goes back and he's he's trying to work all through all of these things with a a partner who doesn't have healthy skills. Right. So um, the point there was exactly what you said, that you have a right to challenging your therapist. And a responsibility. Yes. 
And that Bill also wanted to point out to Adam that he needed another person, Mm -hmm. not just his therapist, that he needed to bounce what he was going through um, off of someone else other than his therapist. That was for the second one. Okay. Now we're going to move into our third story for today. Um, And this is is the big one. So this is about a gentleman. Um, Do you want to name him? Sebastian. Okay. So Sebastian is the client and he is alive. And um, we did our session by Zoom. We had, I think, like 90 minutes. It was a really like first time session. Most men do not call and pick 90 minutes. Mm. As far as, do you, would you say that too in your practice? Yeah. I get very rare 90 minutes. Okay. I get frequent 90 minutes now, but mostly, mostly by... Um, consistent clients that understand yeah. the value yeah. and get themselves organized um, or by people that are referred by consistent clients That's true. who will call and say, my friend said I need 90 minutes with you. <laughs> they do that. Cold calls, not so much. Mm-hmm. So I was like really blown away that Sebastian booked a 90 minute session and I'm going to say he's middle-aged Um and he started off by saying, you know, um, I've been listening to some of your shows and I'm just going to go with the open. So could you do that first? Because I know the different things you do. I just don't know what to do with it. So I'm thinking I'll let you run the show and then I'll kind of get myself organized. Great listener. Yeah. Well done. And he says, and I've got my recorder going. I've got um, my notes. Like I've, I've got myself organized and I know what you're going to do. He says, I've been listening. He says, so can you start with an open? And his spirit guides came through and said, um, he's a judge. And I was like, wow, okay, that's going to be a rock solid yes or no. (laughs) I love that. So I said, Sebastian, the guides are saying you're a judge. Is that correct? And he went, yeah. He goes, this is fun. (laughs) And I said, okay. So I just went back to the guides and said, what do you guys want to say? He's married. He has kids. Okay. I said, is it correct that, you know, the guides are saying that you're married and that you have kids. Is that correct? And he goes, yes. And he goes, that's how you do this then, right? You're going to ask questions, but you basically know the answer to is yes. And if I, if I'm, if it's wrong, then I tell you you're wrong. And I went, yes. And he goes, okay. He says, I was told to be prepared that she's going to ask you lots of questions, but that it's not like she's interrogating you because I'm a judge. So I'm thinking, why are you asking me questions? You should know. And I said, correct. It's just to get the validation. He goes, okay, I'm good with this. Keep going. So the guide said that he's very prompt. He likes his routines so much so that all the lawyers know how to use them and how to play them. Oh, that's sad. That's not where I thought that was going. Oh, and he's, he's very structured. And he says, I am very structured. And he's very proud of his structures. Yes, I am very proud of my structures. And I said, so your lunch is on time. Quit time is on time. You want to be home for dinner. doesn't matter what the hell's going down in court. You've, you've got things. Your staff knows it. The lawyers know it. Everybody knows it. He goes, that's true. And, I, and the guide said, and he thinks that's a good thing. Mm. And I'm like, why isn't it a good thing? Well, because the lawyers know that if they want to throw something at him to slide underneath where he can't really address it, they do it like quarter two. Quarter to 12, 
they, they talk about the 15 minute window of opportunity with judge so-and-so. And I'm like, what? Well, they know what to kind of slide in because they know it's not going to go over and he's got more of a chance of forgetting it when he comes back from lunch. So they slide things in at a quarter to five, at a quarter to 12. And his guides wanted him to know that the lawyers knew this and that it was being used to their advantage. Um, so he just kind of sat there and looked at me and he goes, well, it's true. He says, I just didn't realize it was being used to someone's advantage. And I said, well, you actually have a reputation for this, sir. Also negligence. Oh, we're going to continue. Okay. There's other negligence here. So it takes a few minutes here for the guides to show me and to explain to me several things that are going on when he's working in the courts. And then I downloaded all of that so that he could listen. So I'm going to put it all together here for everybody. The guides mention that he needs an education. And he said, what, what do you mean? What, what kind of an education? And they said, he needs to understand narcissism. He needs to actually research what this is. So when I mentioned this to him, he goes, well, he goes, I think I can understand that. And the guides went, no, ask him if he understands terms like gaslighting, love bombing. Ask him, ask him to tell you exactly what those mean. Test him. And I'm like, oh, geez. So I said, well, I said, in actual fact, they're saying that you don't, Sebastian, you do not understand what the words love bombing means and gaslighting. And he goes, okay, no, I don't know those. And I find that that's a common response mm -hmm. is that people will go into, I understand, or I know something because I know a little bit about it, but I don't really have an education in it. Mm -hmm. And so we covered that and he goes, can you explain a little bit more about that aspect of it? And I said, yes. I said, they actually want to talk to you about the fact that you have lawyers that are narcissists and that you also have, um, what do you, I don't know all the words for court. The, the people that come to court. I don't know. Baylor's plaintiffs. I, okay, I don't. Stenographers, I'm no this fucking is, clue. This is a family court system, so let's get. That oh, doesn't help me either. No, well, okay, but I'm just gonna say, he does family court. Okay. So it's, I'll say, it's couples that can come. I know there are other situations, but I'm just going to say, in particular for divorce, that type of thing. So let's just, I don't know what all these words are, so I'm going to say, the couples. So he, when he, when the guides came in and said you need an education. In narcissism, the guides explained to him that because he does not understand narcissistic behavior, he is not recognizing when one of the two people in a couple that are trying to get a divorce is taking advantage of the court system to further the abuse of their partner. Hmm. I, I don't think any lawyer or judge should be allowed to be in the profession without an undergrad in psychology specialized. Oh, okay. I, like, I think it should be of the equivalent of a doctorate Yep, where you have to have that level of education to understand the personalities that you're dealing with. Yeah. Well, and he, he gets, he gets a little bit of an education in his session for 90 minutes. And I'll say a little bit cause you can only do so much in 90 minutes, but he gets referred 
He gets, and I mean, our listeners are going to know some of those referrals, but we can say them again in today's session uh, or in today's conversation. Um, But it's explained to him that, you know, because he says things like, well, how does that play out? Can you give me an example? Which is also common, what clients do. A responsible question. Absolutely. So it's pointed out to him how a narcissistic partner can, and and, and a, a lawyer that can play along in the game, will just have things drag out over 10 years, over five years, just constantly deferring. Oh, I can't get there. Oh, this is a problem. Or, or in one case he had had recently, somebody uh, in his court, like in the, in the couple that was going through their divorce, the narcissistic partner gave like 90 questions that he wanted his, the, the partner to answer. And instead, and and it was about all these health issues. And there had already been a medical assessment, a psychiatric assessment. She had been responsible to have all of her assessments done by professionals and handed to the court. And he came back just to delay things further and to play a game by saying, I want all these things, these, these questions answered. It will keep her busy again. It will deplete her energy. It will keep me engaged in that I have control over her and I'm causing her anxiety and stress, which makes all of her illnesses worse. And the reason I'm saying that is because that was a factual one that he could identify and say, that's very true. She did have all of her information from her medical professionals to say she couldn't, in fact, participate in something like that. It would put her stress up higher, which meant that all of her symptoms were worse, which meant she could not work. And yet the ex does not want to give her any finances, wants her to be completely independent, but is sabotaging her financial independence to actually be able to work. So while he's shooting himself in the foot, which doesn't seem to be the point, the point is, as a narcissist, is to keep contact with her. Mm-hmm. And the judge looked at me and Sebastian and he went, oh, he says, I think I just understood something. He goes, the point is for him to keep contact with her. It's not to resolve the divorce. And I went, yes, that is narcissism. And he went, okay, give me the resources. Nice. So, you know, Dr. Romani mm-hmm. on YouTube, like, you know, we just keep referring to her YouTube channel, uh, Dr. Sam Vaknin, um, like there's, oh, I've got more. And actually, you know what? Next time we cover a topic like narcissism, wink, wink, probably next Tomorrow. week, um, we'll have to include more names for more of the psychologists and psychiatrists that are doing a great job on YouTube. I would like to do that because I mentioned a YouTuber that I watched very recently in a show and instantly had someone call me because they looked them up right away and they were like, I I identify with this person. I really like what they're putting out there. So I think the more that we can do that, um, the better the better it'll be for everyone, especially, I know you're really on YouTube lately and it's nothing against the women who have written these books, but there are much more accessible resources now like YouTube Oh yeah, that I think people benefit from accessing yes. because they don't necessarily have to go and financially invest just yet. They mm-hmm. can test it out, see if they're in alignment with these people's mm-hmm. messages and also have more tools at their disposal than if they were to just buy each book. 
I like what you're saying that it's adding to the toolkit. Yeah, I absolutely. always say to people in a session, what is the way that you enjoy learning? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my favorite question. What, how do you enjoy learning? Same. And it allow. hey, maybe I got that question from you. So it allows people to sit back and say, I don't like books or I do. I'm a reader. Personally, I love books the most. Everybody knows that though. We have a book club coming. <laughs> but I do know, as you're saying, that other people can do better or learn better by listening and listening repetitively or having stories told, which is the point of podcast shows. So there are a variety of ways. So what we're saying is he asked for some tools and he got some and one of them was YouTube. And actually some of the other ones were the books and the Mm. authors. Yeah, they're good. They're good references. Yes. And so his spirit guides came in and said, you know, you kind of pride yourself thinking that you understand human behavior because you're a judge, but you don't even know the 15 forms of verbal abuse. You don't even know them, but you, you witness them in your room, in your courtroom, you know how to hit it, the gavel down to have them stop it, but you actually don't know how to address it. You will smash your gavel and you will dismiss and move on, or you will come down with, this is what we're going to do, but you don't address the fact that that lawyer just verbally abused the victim. Mm-hmm. You don't say anything. You don't put the lawyer in their place. Well, no, they'd have to uphold the entire system. Right. But we're just, for today, we're just going to talk to Sebastian. So I understand your... <laughs> the whole system's set up like that. Yes. So they're speaking to him. His guides are speaking to him today saying, you need a different kind of education. You need to know these forms of abuse so that you can understand what that... And in this case, and it goes back and forth. I'm not saying all men abuse, all women are victims. No, it goes, it goes both ways. I'm just using this example for today's show that he's the narcissist and that she is. And then I said to him, she's the people pleaser. And you don't understand the role of the people pleaser and how that makes her sick and why she stayed to tolerate that. You can go into your, some days you want to defend that person And other days you get annoyed with that person and you get so annoyed that you really won't even be fair to her. You will allow this to be perpetuated by the lawyers and by her ex. And now she has four more people abusing her Mm -hmm. and pushing all of her triggers that if she doesn't continue to people please, if she actually does, she's in a court, she's trying to stand up for herself, Mm -hmm. probably for the first time in her life. And if you don't encourage her to use her voice or him and allow the people pleaser to actually come out of their people pleasing, you, you allow the entire system to re-hit her triggers the entire time she's participating. Mm-hmm. And so she comes out of it further abused by you, Judge Sebastian, her lawyer and his lawyer. And her ex. Mm -hmm. So do we wonder then why the victim doesn't want to enter your system at all? Mm -hmm. And why the narcissist says, yes, bring on court. We can do this for at least two years. I might even get a third year out of this abuse. I might even get a decade out of it. Mm -hmm. And the system says, sure, have at it because I don't know better. Because I'm not educated. 
Because I'm getting paid. I was well. That was going to be the next one. So you're ahead how of me that in the wasn't game. number one. It, it's it's on the list. But I I don't want to just put paid as number one on the list. I also want to put a lack of education. Mm-hmm. I want to put a lack of integrity on the list. Mm-hmm. I want to put motivation, a lack of motivation on the list, because some people get into their jobs, graduate, and think I'm done learning. I know my job and I just have to get out and I have to just have to do it. I got my certificate to be a lawyer, to be a judge, whatever. And I, and I'm done instead of no, I need to know more, which is what you said earlier about that. They should need to take these courses, but if they don't, then that is the education they need to do on their own time after they graduate. So then his spirit says to me, well, Now we need to take it into his home life because part of the reason that he does all of this is because he has a people-pleasing wife. Which some days would work for him and some days would annoy the shit out of him and probably mirrors exactly how he treats the victim in court. Oh, you just took the rest of my show. (laughs) I don't know if I'm supposed to apologize. Okay. You did a good job. <laughs> the the lady with the life coaching certificate and the degree in psychology. And the continuing education. Exactly. So it makes complete sense that you can sit across the table and finish what happens in his session mm-hmm. because this actually plays out in his home. And it actually plays out then when he goes back into the court system that when he goes home, and, and the guides are really good here. They come in and they talk about when the fact that he goes home, that his wife wants to keep the children quiet. Daddy has a big job. He has a lot of responsibility, a lot of stress. He's a judge. So when he comes home, he needs peace and quiet. And so she manages the children. And I said, so your people-pleasing wife is raising people-pleasing children. And so the very person that you detest the most in court is the people-pleasing victim the one that you encourage to continue the abuse against is the one that you're raising at home, is the one that you are married to. And you better fucking hope your children never have to enter into the system. Or her. Mm -hmm. And so he just... Well, no. Oh, well. He wouldn't be too upset then if she entered into it. Right, because he knows what to do. He'd be chewed up. Or sorry, she would be chewed up. That's right. So he, I'll say... It all gets presented to him. And I want to really be specific here about this. Sebastian really listens to this and he sits and looks at me and you can see that there's a moment here. Mm -hmm. And I love this moment. I swear to God, I'm addicted to this moment with clients. There's this moment where you know that he can sit there and be able to go into, and it's in the eyes. Mm -hmm. It's in that moment of, oh my God, she knows all of this about me and all of this is true. Do I shut it down? Or do I sit here and go, I need help? And there's that, just that fine line where you get to see the client and I just go super quiet. I sit, I listen to the guides. I listen to his thinking. I listen, like I do all of the gifts. I use all the gifts that I possibly can. I want telepathy at this point, big time. And I try and hold a neutral energy where it's non-judgmental, where it's love and support, where he can just sit there and say, I choose my soul. Mm-hmm. I choose to live with the integrity. Give me the tools to get there. 
I choose to know. Exactly. Or do you go sliding down that hole where, nope, I don't want to do the work. And so the guides confront him at this point and say, Sebastian, you're at a choice point because you've fallen down this hole and you are not really at the, th- at the choice point you think you are. You've already gone down that hole. We're telling you, you have to, cl- you have to claw your way out of it. And he just was like, excuse me? And I said, no, Sebastian, you're in the hole. You are part of the problem at home. You know your wife is people-pleasing. You know she's trying to keep the kids quiet. You do not approach her and say, give me the, give me the goods on what's really gone down today. You know there's shit and that there's problems, but if she can keep it on the down low and quiet and she can force the kids to go into their rooms and be quiet or just play a game or just disappear so that you've got your peace, you're fine. So you're also not parenting. That's right. Which allows them to sit in judgment over the other people who are trying to. So the guide said to him, Sebastian, this is your moment. You can either choose to share this recording and come clean, or you can make sure that that recording never gets shared. You can either step in here and do your work, and that is what we're asking of you. Mm. We are trying to show through Karen that you are being seen, that notes are being taken. And it's not by Karen. Mm -hmm. It's by your spirit. And at some point, not on earth, or, and maybe, maybe it will present itself on earth, but ultimately it will be presented to you when you die. Mm -hmm. So you get to choose to clean it up now and do your work, or you can wait till you meet us. But one way or the other, this is going to get done. And in one lifetime or another, you're going to get this done. And so Sebastian just sits there and you can see, well, do I believe that? Do I believe in other lifetimes? You know, you can see like, can I barter? Can I kind of ignore some of that? Like he just sits there quietly, like for, I'd say for, I'll say quite a while, but quite a while in a phone call over Zoom is just a couple of minutes, right? Mm -hmm. And there's just this awkwardness of, do I want to have to say anything? Do I want to have to ask my wife any of that? do I actually want? And he goes, well, what happens if I do? And I said, well, I said, then you actually get to connect to them. You actually get to figure out what's actually going on in your your life's, your wife's world. You actually get to connect to your children. Right now you think you're a good parent and you're not. You're very absent. There isn't a deep connection. Your children don't see you the way you think they do. You think they love you. They're afraid of you. And they are never the same thing. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're offering this alternative of mm-hmm. you actually get to connect. And I think what gets left out a lot and is the reason people think they don't wish connection or wish for it is because with it comes responsibility. Mm-hmm. You can't connect to someone and still remain irresponsible. Mm-hmm. If you're going to choose to connect, you have to also choose responsibility. Isn't that interesting too, Kelly, like that he picks to be a judge where he's going to hold everybody else accountable? But is he? 
We just, there was absolute negligence if he's not even willing to look at something quarter to his lunch or quarter to the quitting time. Right. Or to look at the people who are abusing the people pleaser and say, continue. And I mean, he's put himself in a position of, I'll hold other people accountable if I choose to. Mm -hmm. And if I don't, no one higher up than me is going to hold me accountable to it. Right. Unless my peers where there's an unspoken rule of don't challenge each other, choose to challenge me. Right. Right. It would actually have to be that a group of other judges or I don't know how that whole system works once you hit that level, if a group of peers get to assess you or not. Or a board or whoever. Yeah. Wow. Well, Mm -hmm. I hope that that moment is his crack. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's an opportunity And that's what I think that I love so much about what we do is that we can't make people do anything. No. We can give opportunities. And you can't unknow. Exactly. I keep saying it. You can't unknow. Mm -hmm. Mm. I'm done. Wonderful session. Yeah, it was. And like... He, he took the names of the tools. He asked for the sheet. He asked me to send podcasts. He asked me about patreon.com. He, he asked, you know, what you do on Patreon to become a member and what kind of tools were there. He said he was going to go check out the Coffee with the Sarlos first in the YouTube channel and Dr. Romani. Like, and he got told about, he got told about Beverly Angel and the People Pleaser and her book, The Nice Girl Syndrome, to understand his wife. To mm. understand the belief system that was being taught to his children. Mm. And that that belief system was coming from a fear of him. Wowzers. Yeah. Well, on behalf of the children <laughs> and on behalf of the wife, mm-hmm. thank you. Oh, yeah. And congratulations. Thing. I, I appreciate that yeah. very much. I wish that I could, you know, this is, I know this is my ego, but I wish a podcast like this could go viral. Oh, 100%. But is it really ego if you're just sitting there hoping that the person in the highest land mm. of judicial system would see it and be like, right, yes, and then call the universities and be like, let's change the fucking programming. Yeah. Right to oh, I did it again to change the actual system is the is the important point to change the mm-hmm. system of marriage is the important yes. point to change the system of therapy is the important point yeah like I don't think asking to go viral is an ego thing this isn't about Karen and Kelly Sarlo we're not making money off of these at all no right this is just damn it this is simply about. <laughs> people getting the right message so that they can listen to their own knowing mm-hmm. and be able to look at those other people in their lives when that moment is occurring mm-hmm. and know that they can't unknow. Mm-hmm. Sebastian, get it together, dude. Yeah, I hope You've he got does. such an opportunity. I oh. Yeah, and then you have... All of these people like the Patricia Evans and the, the Susan Forwards and oh my God, we could name so many of these people that, that are doing all of the good work mm-hmm. to be able to say, this is a mess, fix the systems. Mm-hmm. This is what we need to do to fix them. This is not this difficult to fix these systems. No. It is not. No, it's anyway. There are always people in a position of authority that can write that new curriculum. Mm-hmm. 
There are always people that can sit in a courtroom and decide, uh-huh, I'm not going to behave that way. And no, you are not going to keep delaying this. Mm-hmm. It is not going to be deferred, deferred, deferred. That's going to change. There are the human beings that have that position of power who are not using it healthily. Yes. And did we not just read in Glennon Doyle's book that empathy is a threat to an unjust society? Yes. We're asking people to grow in their empathy. Yeah. And that will upset an unjust society. And that's what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I keep thinking of that woman who's... um, been given, you know, 85 questions to answer and one of them stresses her mm-hmm. and she can't get through 84 and she's supposed to hand this in within a week. And her physicians have already said she cannot do this. Mm-hmm. And the judge has allowed that sheet to go over to her and her lawyer to get done when in fact it has already been proven it cannot be. And now she has to somehow try and rise up and say one more time, stop abusing me. Mm-hmm. Whereas in his position as, as, as the judge, Sebastian could have said, no, dude, not happening. Mm-hmm. Stop playing the game. Yep. Yeah. Ah, uh, crushed it. I think you crushed it. Oh, thank like, you. Like I love the stories and I, and I, I, Hey, what did you ask me at the beginning about are all three about the truth? The truth. Oh boy. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Actually, all three of them are. And Sebastian got dealt all of his truths. He got dealt his wife's truths. Mm-hmm. He got dealt his children's truths. Mm-hmm. To continue to live the way he's living means he has to ignore his own partner and his own children's truths, not just his own. I hope he grows up. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for him. I believe in the people that are going to do their work. Yeah, clearly. We keep catering to them. (laughs) It's true. Okay. Are we done for today? We've created whole systems for them. Yes. (laughs) And we continue to expand. True. Good? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Love you. Love you too. Okay. If you guys have questions or comments, you can email us at info at We also welcome you to join us on patreon.com. We just talked a whole bunch about that. That's your toolkit for emotional intelligence so that you can grow in empathy and understanding. If you have time today and you're willing to do so, we always invite you to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube. That allows us to have a farther reach or maybe accomplish our dream of going viral one day. That's up to you guys. Uh, So we thank you in advance for when that happens. We hope you have a beautiful Saturday. We will have a brand new episode for you next week.